for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. So let's jump into the foundational text this morning. It's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. So here's the text. But the manifestation, or the phanerosis, of the Holy Spirit is given to every believer for the profit of all. That word phanerosis, the Greek word, it means the temporary appearance. The temporary appearance of the Holy Spirit is given to every believer for the benefit or the common good of all the other people around us. The gifts aren't for us, they're for others, the benefit of others. Verse 8, for to one believer is given the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another the gift of faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, supernatural healings by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another, this is what we're going to go over today, the working of miracles. Everyone say, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy, or speaking forth. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, summarizing it. But one and the same Holy Spirit works. Holy Spirit's a worker. He works all these things, distributing to each individual believer as he desires or as he wills. So how do these nine phanerosis gifts operate through the body? These temporary appearances of God in our time and space world, how do they operate? I think of it this way. They operate like nine different tools in God's divine toolbox. I'm so thankful that God has a toolbox, that he can give us tools to be good and powerful friends to others in need. Nine different tools. Everyone close your eyes. Imagine that. God's got a toolbox in his hand. He's got nine different specific tools that he can give to us temporarily when another person around us is in need of that specific tool. Any one of these nine tools, you can open your eyes now. Any one of, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes a couple more times in this, in this sermon. Any one of these nine tools can be temporarily, everyone say temporarily. Look at your hand. They can be temporarily dropped into a willing believer's hand in order to accomplish a specific beneficial task for another person around you in need. You got an empty hand right now. But at any moment, the Holy Spirit could drop any one of these nine in your hand to give away to someone else in need. And guys, it's, according to this verse, it's 100% up to the Holy Spirit's discretion and desire as to when and to whom these gifts appear. You know what that tells me? The pressure's off. 
to perform or be powerful in and of ourselves. The pressure is off. <laughs> the weight is off your shoulders to heal someone or to perform a miracle. The pressure's off. Do you feel that? Do you feel that lightness? It's not up to you. It's 100% up to the Holy Spirit's discretion and his desire, his will, in any given moment to give to whoever he wants to any one of these nine gifts. There's, the pressure's off. It's up to him, 100%. So what are the main purposes of these nine manifestation or phanerosis gifts? I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke three main purposes of these nine gifts. First purpose, these nine gifts help to confirm. I'm going to say confirm. They confirm the Bible. They confirm the Bible and God's reality. That's why the devil has been attacking the gifts for the last 1,900 years, saying they're not for today, because they really prove that God's in the room, that God's real. And the devil hates more than anything the reality, the experiential knowledge of God touching the human heart. That's what defeats him the most, when God becomes real to a man. And these nine gifts prove that God is real. They prove the word is inerrant. They prove God's reality. That's why they're so important to be cultivated and to be asked for and to be utilized through the body. Each one of these nine gifts reveal a different facet of the beautiful, manifold heart of God. Guys, the heart of God is like a diamond with infinite amount of facets of beauty and power and character. Imagine the heart of God being a diamond. Every angle you look at it, there's a different measure of beauty and power and wisdom and might. These nine gifts reveal a different facet of God every time they're utilized. Again, that's why the devil hates them so much. They reveal the beautiful diamond heart of God. And how do they reveal God? All nine of these gifts release a facet of God to the five perceptible human senses. <laughs> the five perceptible human senses are touched by these nine gifts. They release an undeniable manifest appearance of God in our time and space world. They're worthy to be waited upon, to be clothed with these nine, to be clothed with power. Those who wait upon the Lord will be endued with power from on high. These are nine dynamite sticks in the hand of the Holy Spirit to give to every believer whenever he wants. Second purpose, my favorite purpose, because I feel closest to God when I'm just weeping feeling his mercy and compassion. That's why it's my favorite. <laughs> Second purpose, these nine gifts are tangible expressions of God's compassion, again, in the time and space world for humanity. Tangible expressions of the river of compassion that flows from the very heart of Jesus. These nine gifts release the supernatural power and goodness and mercy of God to people who desperately need it at that specific time. I gave the example when I was a hell-bent, 
deathbed alcoholic in a psychiatric ward. That story's going to come up at the end of the message. I am suicidal in literally the lowest of low. My dad has a gift of discerning of spirits, of demonic spirits, and is able to call out evil spirits and actually deliver me from tormenting thoughts of taking my own life. That was the compassion of Jesus through a gift to me, through my dad, to me, to deliver me from torment. That's love. And that's a dad being a powerful friend to me. They reveal and release the compassion of Jesus tangibly to people who need it, who are tormented or sick or lost and wandering. Third purpose, overall, it's the title of this message. These nine gifts help us to become better and more powerful friends. (laughs) Better and more powerful friends. How or why? They equip and enable us to love others like Jesus loved us. If you read through the Gospels, Jesus loved humanity primarily through the gifts, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He operated in these gifts of the Spirit, and that's how he loved humanity. So if we want to be friends to others like Jesus is a friend to us, we need to cultivate, again, wait upon, ask for these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Adam Clark, Bible commentator, said this about the gifts. He said, these nine gifts are gracious endowments that lead to miraculous results. Gracious endowments in our little hands leading to powerful, miraculous, life-changing results. That's a perfect segue. Thank you, Adam Clark, from 300 years ago, to the gift of today, the gift that we're talking about, the fifth in the list, I believe, the working of miracles, the working of miracles. What facet of the beautiful diamond heart of God does this reveal to humanity? I believe it reveals the facet of God's heart, that God is wonderful. That's the name of Jesus in Isaiah 9. He is wonderful. You know what wonderful means? Full of wonder. When you look at him, your jaw just drops. You're speechless. It's a really good place to be speechless before God. Actually, Paul says the purpose of the whole Bible is to shut humanity up. No, for real. Make them speechless before God. He says that, I believe, in Corinthians. The purpose of the whole Bible is to get us to stop talking and start being in awe and wonder. Childlike wonder. Oh, what a gift it would be if we had childlike wonder restored to the body of Christ. How would it be restored? Through the working of miracles and the other eight gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to be like that girl on the top right. More. (laughs) More and more, I want to be like, to God. Because he's awesome. That word is so watered down and overused. There's really only one awesome thing in the universe, and it's the heart of God towards humanity. (laughs) He is awesome. Not that meal you had yesterday. Not that taco you had yesterday. (laughs) So the working of miracles, what's the definition? The definition of the working of miracles, this gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's the supernatural ability, supernatural ability given 
to a little old weak believer like you and me <laughs> to accomplish something or work something. Look at the title of the, the gift, the working of miracles. It accomplishes something that cannot be explained by natural or scientific laws. It breaks the scientific rules. It breaks the natural curves that doctors give to you for your healing curve. Working of miracles breaks natural and scientific laws. Supernatural ability given to a believer to work something that cannot be explained by natural or scientific laws. Little disclaimer here. You know the devil can do miracles? Demons can do miracles. Demons can heal you. Demons can temporarily deliver you from another demon that he hates, and then he's going to fill you with more demons. <laughs> demons, the devil, is actually really good at miracles, and he's going to become even better at miracles in the years and decades to come. He's going to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That's pretty high level of deception. That's pretty powerful miracles. How do we know? How do we know if a miracle is from the Holy Spirit or from a different spirit? I think it's really simple. The miracles that are inspired by the Holy Spirit will bring glory to God, and they will redirect, they will point to the name and glory of Jesus. They're inspired by the name of Jesus, they're initiated by the name of Jesus, and they point back to the name of Jesus. That's what Holy Spirit-inspired miracles, I believe you can mark them by that. The opposite is the devil's miracles, false, demonically-inspired miracles. They're going to bring glory or fame to the person doing them. There's probably money attached to them as well. They're going to bring glory to the realm of darkness. They're not going to lead people into purity and holiness and righteousness. They're going to lead them into pride and further darkness. Don't be afraid of the devil's miracles. Just trust in the real. Are they pointing to the name of Jesus? Is God being glorified? Are people more holy and righteous because of it? Or is the opposite true? It's actually really simple. And that's why we need another gift of the Spirit to really figure it out, the discerning of spirits, to know. Is this from the Holy Spirit? But it's usually pretty clear. And always watch out for money. Never pay for healing. Never pay for deliverance. Never pay for the gospel. Freely we have received, freely we give. That's a great way to know. There's money and fame attached to demonic miracles. You got to go pay to get acupuncture. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> All right. What's the specific purposes of the working of miracles? I believe there's three. First is to tangibly prove the biblical truth, Becky, that nothing, she prayed this, that nothing is impossible or too difficult for God. The working of miracles proves, it says at many places in the Bible, nothing is impossible. No thing is impossible for God. No thing is impossible for him. Nothing is too difficult for him. It says that twice in Jeremiah 32. No thing is too difficult for God. Guys, if we let this truth settle in our hearts, we will literally not worry. Amen. We will literally not have any fear. If this truth settles in our hearts that God is good and that nothing is impossible for him, if we know those two things, 
We're going to be the most peaceful, joyful people in the universe. Peace and joy will flow to our hearts if we just get these two truths. Nothing is too difficult for God, and he's good. Because if he wasn't good and nothing was too difficult for him, he would do bad things. But he uses all of his power for mercy and goodness and love. Who is a God like this? There's only one. So it proves that truth in the Bible. Second, supernatural provision. Everyone say supernatural provision. The working of miracles supernaturally provides for God's children in many different ways. He gives us air. There were people at the bottom of the ocean this week that needed a supernatural miracle of air. They didn't get it. Oh, how I wish my prayers worked and they got it. That would be incredible. What a testimony. Five billionaires got air down there and they survived. Supernaturally provide water, drinking water, like water that you have to have to live that you can't go three days without. (laughs) Food, supernatural provision of food, clothing, shelter, protection from enemies and accidents, physical healing he provides for through the working of miracles, spiritual deliverance, military victory for the people of God, And I love this last purpose of the working of miracles, to shame (laughs) and destroy false gods. The working of miracles shames and destroys the power and the influence and the reputation of false gods or demons. Let's look at some examples from the Old and New Testament. Supernatural provision of air. In the fiery furnace for Daniel's three friends, You know, when a fire is raging, there's no oxygen. (laughs) I mean, the protection from the fire is enough, but you got to think, they also got supernatural provision of air with that blazing fire. They were able to breathe supernaturally because the fourth man was in there. Jesus was in there, giving them an oxygen tank. Second, supernatural provision of water in the desert for the children of Israel when they're coming out of Egypt. No water in the desert. God showed Moses, hey, there's water in that rock. Speak to it. He struck it, but God was so merciful, and water came from the rock. (laughs) Water enough for over a million Israelites. That's a lot of water coming from a little piece of sand or a little piece of stone. Mara's bitter waters were sweetened by a word of wisdom for Moses to throw a tree into a pond of salt water, of bitter water. Instantly became sweetened. That's a miracle. For drinking water, it's very practical. God is very physical and practical. He wants to give you drinking water if you're in the middle of a drought. Food, we know this, manna and quail. How many years did manna show up every morning on the doorsteps of every tent of every Israelite? 40 years. Every morning he was faithful for 40 years with manna. Every single morning except the Sabbath. Quail, gave them meat too because they wanted a little variety. (laughs) Guys, Elijah in the wilderness during a drought that he called, he called the drought, God took care of Elijah by sending birds like Uber Eats birds to come bring him food. Divine Uber Eats with no surcharge. He looked up in the sky and literal ravens were bringing him food. This is a working of miracle. Flour and oil not running out for the widow of Zarephath. My granddad wrote in his Bible, Two years, question mark? So I just put around two years. My granddad was very knowledgeable in the word. 
So challenge me later on that. Two years, a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil did not run out in the pantry. <laughs> Clothing. Guys, 40 years in the desert, their clothes and their sandals did not wear out. My shoes wear out after a year or two. Like I need new soles. 40 years in harsh environment, their clothing and their sandals did not wear out. He provided healing in the desert, in the wilderness. The bronze serpent was lifted up. There's another word of wisdom. Hey, make this bronze serpent lifted up, foreshadowing of the cross. Your people are going to be healed from snake bites. Supernatural protection, working of miracles. Daniel in the lion's den. All these ravenous lions became smiley and happy like this lion on the screen. That's a supernatural miracle for lions not to want to eat a person when they're ravenously hungry. We have a house cat, and that house cat's not even that nice. It's not even near the mean level of a lion. Can't imagine, that's a working of a miracle for that lion to be so happy, all those lions to be so happy. We know the famous Red Sea splitting, supernatural provision of deliverance and military victory. Guys, the literal sun in the sky stood still, I think for over 24 hours, for Joshua and the children of Israel to win, to fully finish a battle, a military victory. Imagine the sun standing still for you to conquer an enemy of God, like as, as many, many hours as you need it. Say, God, would you keep that sun up for another 12 hours and it just stands still in the sky? That's what happened. There are some examples. Some more examples in the Old Testament. Next slide. Aaron's rod, his wooden rod, changed into a snake and devoured Pharaoh's magicians' rods or snakes because they could do the same miracle. But God's rod, God's snake, ate those false snakes. Guys, this is that third purpose of the work of miracles, to shame and destroy the false gods of Egypt and the false gods of this age. This, did you know that all the ten plagues in the book of Exodus, they were all miracles worked by the power of God through weak and broken humans, Moses and Aaron, what was the purpose of all of those ten plagues? They were to shame and destroy the reputation of the false gods, the demons of Egypt. They had a God connected to all of these ten plagues. A Nile god, a frog goddess, a fly god, a cow god, a sun god. All of the plagues destroyed the reputation of the false gods. I love this purpose of the working of miracles. So, what does this mean for us? Most of these miracles happened like 3,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago. What does it mean for us in 2023 Lakeway? Well, thankfully, the Lord has a gateway verse. Everyone say gateway verse. Y'all heard of gateway drugs? Those are bad. Gateway verses are really good for us. What do they do? They provide an open door of access to everything in the Word of God. The gateway verse for every single miracle in the Old Testament is Micah 7.15. Everyone say Micah 7.15. 
Micah 7.15 is the gateway verse that opens up the door for us to access every single miracle in the Old Testament in the here and now in 2023 Lakeway and in the ages or in the decades to come. So here it is, Micah 7.15 is what the Lord says to us. He says, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, 3,500 years ago, I will again, I would say again, I will again show those people in the end times wonders, miracles, the working of miracles. It's going to happen again, just like it happened in ancient Egypt. All those plagues, all those miracles, they're going to happen again. I'm going to show you miracles again, just like I did to my kids 3,500 years ago, because I care about you the same way I cared about them. So I'm going to do it again. So I want to take us, based on this gateway verse, into a little prophetic activation of all the Old Testament miracles where you could put your name on them, Michael. So that's going to happen through my hands today or five years from now when we need it. So I want everyone to close your eyes and envision yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit working these miracles in the days to come. You and your family, keep your eyes closed and envision yourself by this gift of the working of miracles, doing these things. You and your family are thrown into a literal fiery furnace by an evil government, but you miraculously survive. You see Jesus show up and deliver you. Your region is in the midst of an end-time drought. It hasn't rained for two years in your region. The Lord shows you a limestone rock that you're to speak to, and you watch pure water gush forth from it giving you water, plentiful streams, not just for you, but your family and your entire region. You're on a walk, Dan Cornelius in Steiner Ranch, and you see a rock. The Lord says that rock has water in it for you and your entire Steiner Ranch. Your region is in the midst of an end-time famine, and you wake up every single morning in the midst of that famine to find healthy bread and healthy meat on your doorstep every single morning. You look up in the sky, you go outside in your front yard, you look up in the sky and you see birds, literal birds, delivering you extra food as well, like Uber Eats. All the stores, Dillard's, H-E-B, all the stores have been looted by lawlessness. Lawlessness will abound. All the stores have been looted. There's nothing left in them. And so there's no place to buy clothing but your shoes and your shirt never wear out. The Antichrist's evil empire throws you into a dungeon for your adherence to the word of God, and there's hungry lions surrounding you, but they just purr at you instead of pounce on you. You come to the edge of Lake Travis, and you have bad guys chasing you, again, for your adherence to Jesus and the word of God. They're chasing you from behind. You pray. The lake splits open before you, creating an escape highway. And then once you're safely on the other side, the enemies fall down in repentance. And they say, what must must we do to become saved? The sun, you look up in the sky, the sun stays still for you to have enough light and time to safely escape a dangerous city and find refuge in the mountains. 
Just a few more. You and your friends secretly gather for simple prayer meetings using the book of Revelation as your prayer guide. In these underground prayer meetings, you ask and agree with God for him to release his 21 end-time plagues and judgments on the Antichrist and on his evil empire in order to avenge the blood of the martyrs and to remove everything that is hindering love between Jesus and his bride. You ask God to release the seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls, and he does it, just like he released the ten plagues through Moses and Aaron. Last one, keep your eyes closed. You watch on social media the two witnesses do the Elijah thing, according to Revelation 11, and call down fire from heaven to destroy anyone who is trying to harm them. Guys, it's promised to happen again. It's going to happen. Is your name going to be on these Old Testament miracles? Who wants to put your name on those Old Testament miracles? I do. All right, you can open your eyes. Let's quickly look at New Testament miracles. I'm just going to rattle them off, and then we're going to do the same thing for the New Testament miracles. All of these miracles are invitations for Stephen to put his name on them. Say, do it again through me when it's necessary. Remember, this is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's 100% up to him, but we can position ourselves to avail ourselves of this gift and be utilized by God to save ourselves, our family, and even our region, possibly. Working of miracles, biblical examples in the New Testament. First miracle of Jesus, water into wine. There were six resurrections in the New Testament, like literal dead people come back to life. Creative miracles of healing, blind eyes and deaf ears would open. Lame legs that couldn't walk from birth were strengthened supernaturally. Withered hands were restored as good as new in a moment. Brand new baby skin was given to lepers, people with skin diseases. Miraculous catches of fish, walking on water, literally defying science. Calming the storm with a simple word of faith, be still, and the storm ceased. Feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. Jesus became invisible in the temple to pass by unharmed. You know you can become invisible by a gift of the working of miracles to the enemy. Jesus was unseen in the temple. The fig tree was cursed and withered in a moment. Jesus ascended to heaven. Hey, guys, that's the biggest working of a miracle. We're all going to ascend to heaven when Jesus comes back and splits the sky. You're not normal. <laughs> Paul's handkerchief. Who's got a handkerchief on him? Wave it in the sky. We got anyone from the older generation? There we go. <laughs> I don't know any young people can't around a handkerchief. That's not a dig on you. you just, you're prepared. Wave it. Paul's handkerchief was healing people. Send that in the mail to someone who needs healing. Peter's shadow, proximity to Peter healed people. Apostles were freed from prison by angels. Paul was unharmed by a venomous snake bite on Malta. So what's our gateway verse for the New Testament miracles? What's our gateway verse? It's from the lips of Jesus. You can put your name on this. You can take this to the bank. It's John 14, 12. My dad mentioned it earlier this week. 
Oh, how we want this. This is Jesus speaking to post-ascension believers, meaning after Jesus went to heaven. He says this, most assuredly, everyone in this room, most assuredly, take this to the bank. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works or the miracles that I do and did, he will do also. You can do the same miracles that Jesus did. But he takes it a step further. He says, and greater works or greater miracles than these, the ones that I did, greater miracles, my followers after my ascension will do because I go to my Father in a place of authority. We have the Father and the Son in the place of highest authority in doing us with power. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. We always have a plus three advantage when it comes to walking in power. The Father and the Son are in the place of highest authority, meaning they can give us power whenever they need to give it to us. And we have the Holy Spirit receiving that power, working through us. We always have a plus three advantage if we are a true believer in Jesus. This is the gateway verse for all the miracles in the New Testament. So let's close our eyes again. Marissa, you can come up and start playing on the keys. Let's close our eyes again and become activated in New Testament miracles. I'm going to read, just like I did with the Old Testament miracles, I'm going to read some possible scenarios that might actually come to pass. Put your name on every single miracle in the book of Acts. Every single miracle in the Gospels, put your name on it. All right, close your eyes and envision the working miracles working through your little hands. Your friend, your best friend, suddenly has a heart attack when you're hanging out with them. And you pray for a resurrection and his heart starts beating again. A sweet child has been blind from birth, no rods, no cones in her eyes, and you have the faith to go get some dirt outside, spit on it with your own saliva, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and anoint their eyes with that clay. And all of a sudden, a creative miracle takes place. Rods and cones are created in that sweet child's eyes, and she can see again. Again, you're in the middle of a regional end-time drought, and people are starving to death all around you. You go to Lake Travis, and by faith, you throw a net into the water. Before long, enough Lake Travis fish have supernaturally filled that net to feed your entire neighborhood within a number of minutes. You're on a mission trip in a remote Amazonian village and you come upon a raging river separating you and a tribe that has never heard the gospel before. There's no bridge over that river. You hear the Holy Spirit whisper to you or maybe say audibly, walk across one step at a time and you take one little step and you don't sink. You take another step and you don't sink. You keep going until you fully cross that raging river without even your shins becoming wet. And the whole village is watching you cross. And they say what the other people said, what must we do to become saved? As they watch you do the impossible. A massive tornado is bearing down on your house and you command it in Jesus' name to lift. Tornado, lift. 
and that tornado dissipates right before your eyes at your word of faith. Your family is living in the midst of rampant end-time inflation. That's coming. That's one of the seals. Rampant end-time inflation. $200 for one loaf of bread. That's what's coming. And you only have two steaks left in your freezer. Two steaks left for your entire family. You pray for them to multiply because you've been reading your word that day. And you keep slicing the steak for your family. And it doesn't run out. And it doesn't spoil for over two years. Your family has good red meat from two steaks for two years. Just a couple more. You have so much healing anointing flowing from your life that anyone who touches your hat immediately is healed of brain cancer. That's the handkerchief. It's like a hat. Anyone who wears your hat becomes healed of brain cancer. You find yourself imprisoned in California for staying faithful to Jesus and the Word of God. And as you were praying and singing in that jail in California, not in Texas, an angel visits you and unlocks your cell. (laughs) And every inmate and every prison guard comes to Christ because of that miracle. Last, an evil government holds you down and forces you to take a vaccine against your will. That could happen. And those poisonous, harmful ingredients in that vaccine do your body no harm. That's Paul with the snake bite, the venomous snake bite on Malta. So, let's respond right now. Let's respond. If you've been stirred by hearing of the biblical accounts of the working of miracles, envisioning yourself walking in these same miracles in the Old and the New Testament, I want to invite you to stand right now. If you want to move in this specific gift of the Holy Spirit, if you want to move from spectator, watching other people operate in the working of miracles, to participant, if you want to get on the playing field, I want to invite you to stand. You know what our job is? It's 100% up to the Holy Spirit, but we have a job as well. And it's just the job of desire. Job of desire is our job. That middle portion. Paul, the Lord commands us through Paul, pursue love. Go after loving your friends well. And in that loving your friends well, eagerly desire, want, eagerly desire to walk in the spiritual gifts. If you've stood up, you're saying, I am wanting to eagerly desire more. I want my eagerness level to walk in the power of God to increase. You're like those husky dogs in the Iditarod. You're so eager to get to the place that God wants you to be. You know, the disciples asked this question that we'll probably have this question in our hearts right now. They said to Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What shall we do that we may walk in miracles? That's what they were saying. You know what Jesus answered? He said, go get a Bible degree. No. He said, go to church. No. Although we need to go to church. He said, this is the work of God. This is how you walk in miracles, that you believe in him who God sent. This is how you walk in miracles. It's belief. It's raw faith. 
mixed with desire. Guys, we can all desire, Bible degree or not. We can all have a want to, and we can all believe. The person with not a cent to their name can desire and believe and walk in miracles. The person who knows one Bible verse can desire and want to and believe and walk in miracles. He levels the playing field. Guys, how does more belief come? If this is our only job is to desire and believe, how does belief come? Romans 10, 17, faith or belief comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My dad gave the example he shared with me a couple days ago. He's just listening to the book of Acts and it's stirring faith for the power of God, for the miraculous. And he's seen answers already. But it's not coming in a vacuum. Faith is not just coming. It's coming by hearing. So read the book of Acts and put your name on all those miracles that were done by weak human beings like you and me. If you read the book of Acts with faith, you will see more miracles. Faith comes by hearing. But right now, we're going to hear. Faith also comes from hearing real testimonies, not just the Word of God, but testimonies in the here and now of what Jesus has done in the past in your life. So we're just going to hear from a couple people, two minutes or less. But what has God worked in your life? What supreme miracle that science can't explain? What has God done in your life? This will build faith because it's Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What Jesus has done in the past, he wants to do again. So let's hear. This is an open mic right now. Two minutes or less. Let's hear testimonials to build our faith so we can all start walking in the power of God. Just real quick, <clears throat> I walked back in here at the word activation. The Lord wants to activate the gifts as you hear. Uh, I had the, uh, the thought of uh, when uh, you go to a, a beauty salon or they, they do a hair color, they mix chemicals and it causes an activation. Uh, I don't know that, but anyway. So Lord, Lord wants to activate. He wants to add to our faith. He wants to add something that's going to activate. So reading the book of Acts will activate you by faith. Hearing the testimony that we're about to hear is going to activate our faith. So hear with both ears right now and receive these testimonies for yourself. Put your name on them as well. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.